This free program is paid for by the listener members of KPFK. If you're not already a member, consider joining with us and keep free speech alive. You're going to love this. Just love it. Yes, I am stuck in the middle with you once again after a couple of weeks off for the KPFK Fun Drive. Brad Friedman here from bradblog.com. Yes, I am your friendly citizen investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Once again, live on your public airwaves. KPFK, 90.7 FM Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe on kpfk.org and on the Stitcher radio app as well as the TuneIn radio app on your smartphone. So you can catch us anytime you happen to miss a broadcast. Glad uh, glad you can join me this afternoon, and uh, glad I can join you this afternoon. Our phone numbers, you might want to write them down, because I want to hear from you today. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. I need to hear from you, because uh, once again, the NRA ain't showing up. You may remember a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago now, I guess it was back in July... After the, uh, after the Aurora, Colorado shooting, we tried everything we could. We called the NRA. We called all of their local affiliates. We must have called a dozen people trying to get them to come on and, and talk about what had happened in Aurora. And of course, they told us they weren't talking about it. They, because they don't, uh, they don't speak about such things. I mean, can you imagine if there was, uh, uh, you know, uh, any other industry? Where suddenly people, 26 people died in a single day using, uh, their item that the industry made and, uh, and, and the industry representative would not come on and talk about it. That's what the NRA does. That's what these con men and scoundrels and scam artists of the NRA do. But we'll talk about that in a moment. First, President Obama came out, uh, for a press conference this morning. And announced, uh, that Joe Biden would be heading up his task force to, uh, look at, to make recommendations for gun safety issues. He asked that these recommendations be turned into the president by January. It seems that Barack Obama is quite serious about doing something about gun safety issues. Here is a minute or so from his press conference this morning. Good morning, everybody. It's now been five days since the heartbreaking tragedy in Newtown, Connecticut. Three days since we gathered as a nation to pray for the victims. And today, a few more of the 20 small children and six educators who were taken from us will be laid to rest. 
we may never know uh, all the reasons why this tragedy happened. We do know that every day since, more Americans have died of gun violence. We know such violence has terrible consequences for our society. And if there is even one thing that we can do to prevent any of these events, we have a deep obligation, all of us, to try. Over these past five days, a discussion has reemerged as to what we might do not only to deter mass shootings in the future, but to reduce the epidemic of gun violence that plagues this country every single day. And it's encouraging that people uh, of all different backgrounds and beliefs and political persuasions have been willing to challenge some old assumptions and change long-standing positions. That conversation has to continue, but this time the words need to lead to action. Since Friday morning, a police officer was gunned down in Memphis, leaving four children without their mother. Two officers were killed outside a grocery store in Topeka. A woman was shot and killed inside a Las Vegas casino. Three people were shot inside an Alabama hospital. A four-year-old was caught in a drive-by in Missouri and taken off life support just yesterday. Each one of these Americans was a victim of the everyday gun violence that takes the lives of more than 10,000 Americans every year. Violence that we cannot accept as routine. So I will use all the powers of this office to help advance efforts aimed at preventing more tragedies like this. We won't prevent them all, but that can't be an excuse not to try. It won't be easy, but that can't be an excuse not to try. That was the president this morning in the James Brady press room, named after uh, Ronald Reagan's press secretary, who was shot during uh, that assassination attempt on President Reagan, uh, announcing his task force that he has, uh, that uh, Joe Biden will be leading up, that will give recommendations for new gun safety laws in the future. Those recommendations will come in in January, and we'll see what can and cannot be done. We'll see what the NRA will allow uh, the Washington, D.C. politicians to do. Uh, he seemed to say today, enough is enough. I think a lot of Americans, uh, since this uh, tragedy at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, I think a lot of Americans are joining him in saying enough is enough. But then again, they said enough is enough after Virginia Tech. They said enough is enough after Columbine. They said enough is enough after Tucson, Arizona. Enough is enough after Oak Creek, Wisconsin, the shooting at the Sikh temple there. Uh, and, you know, one of, one of the remarkable things uh, is that just two days prior to the shooting in Newtown, Connecticut, I was following at Bradblog.com. We were covering the shooting at the shopping mall up in Portland. Remember that? So is this really a tipping point this time? Will something really change this time? Or will this uh, fade with everything else? Will we start talking about the fiscal cliff again? You know, the very first question that came up this morning during that press conference after the prepared remarks by the president was from the uh, D.C. press wanted to know about the fiscal cliff, the so-called fiscal cliff, which after Sandy Hook seems to me very much like the summer of sharks after 9-11. So will we move beyond this? Will it become just too impossible to do anything? 
that's what the American people, I think, want to know right now. Because the American people are not in line with the NRA. As a matter of fact, the members of the NRA are not in line with the con men and hucksters of the NRA. During her uh, live breaking coverage on Friday, Rachel Maddow pointed some of this out. Uh, well, let me let me play a little bit of this, and then we'll talk about it. If we're going to get past this almost hysterical fear of trying to do anything at all on gun rights, if we're going to try to puncture the myth that anything to reform or rationalize gun laws is absolutely politically impossible as a categorical thing, what would happen if we just started at the edges? What would happen if we just started with what even members of the NRA say they want from national gun laws because they want a hell of a lot more than we've got right now. The organization they are a member of may not admit that, but when you poll their members, even they want improvements. Could we at least start with what NRA members want? Yes, could we? She is, of course, absolutely right, and so is the rank and file of the National Rifle Association. The members of the NRA are right when it comes to most of the most pressing gun safety issues. The numbers are unequivocal. Uh, they want their what they want what their leadership does not and they want it by huge margins. The conmen and scam artists and hucksters who run the terrorist enabling NRA racket and they are terrorist enabling and they are a racket. They of course are absolutely bloody wrong and they have been for decades. If we could reform gun safety laws in this country just enough to meet the wishes of the vast majority of, of the NRA membership, we would be leaps and bounds beyond the deadly political quagmire that we have been languishing in as a nation, thanks to those insidious liars and profiteers of the NRA leadership and the cowardly politicians afraid to take them on in both parties, by the way, for at least a decade in this country. The NRA's loudest, most dishonest voice, of course, is its executive vice president and chief political strategist, Wayne LaPierre. He is opposed to any and all legislation that might stand a chance of making Americans safer. He claims a twisted and tortured view of the uh, Bill of Rights Second Amendment as a prohibition against any and all such legislations. And, and you know, I'm going to have uh, Desi Doyen's going to join us a, a little bit later to, to talk about that and talk about the history of the NRA and how they changed from what they were over, uh, I think, about 150 years ago uh, and, and then a hundred years after that, when they were a, a gun club, a gun safety club, into the political racket that they have become today. But Wayne LaPierre and the NRA leadership have long opposed any common sense legislation. Any, any laws designed, for example, to keep those on the so-called terrorist watch lists, list, from being able to purchase easily, uh, from being able to purchase easily purchase combat-style weapons, they have been against laws designed to make it harder for people like the mass shooters in Aurora, Colorado, and Newton, Connecticut, and uh, Tucson, Arizona, from obtaining high-capacity magazines that were used to do kill dozens of people in a matter of seconds. And they've been against laws which would, which would require that those buying weaponry from private sellers at gun shows face the same background checks as those who purchase them at licensed gun dealerships. 
Those are all laws supported by the overwhelming majority of NRA members and non-NRA non -NRA gun members, uh, gun owners alike. But LaPierre is an unapologetic liar. Witnesses recent blatant lies about a U.N. international arms treaty. We talked about it on this show which, while having absolutely no effect whatsoever on gun laws or the Second Amendment in the U.S., was designed to help keep dangerous weapons out of the hands of worldwide terrorists, drug smugglers, uh, pirates, human rights-abusing regimes around the globe. Here was Wayne LaPierre uh, at, the, uh, at the U.N. holding a press conference talking about this treaty that has absolutely no effect on American law. This was him lying to the public, lying to the press last July when this uh, treaty was, was coming up to be voted on. I am here to announce NRA's strong opposition to anti-freedom policies that disregard American citizens' right to self-defense. No foreign influence has jurisdiction over the freedoms our founding fathers guaranteed to us. We will not stand idly by why international organizations, whether state-based or stateless, attempt to undermine the fundamental liberties our men and women in uniform have fought so bravely to preserve, and on which our entire American system of government is based. Now that is a complete lie from top to bottom, by Wayne LaPierre of the uh, National Rifle Association, the NRA. A complete lie from top to bottom. The small, the uh, arms trade treaty at the UN had absolutely nothing to do with influencing the jurisdiction over the freedoms our founding fathers guaranteed us. It was an absolute blatant lie. And if, in case it wasn't clear, here was uh, Lapierre after that testimony speaking with a, uh, speaking with a reporter trying to explain once again his opposition to this treaty that would keep the arms, keep uh, guns out of hands of, of, of terrorists, pirates, human rights abusers, and lying to this reporter about what this treaty would do in this country. Well, in real simple terms, Jenny, it's the fact that we are not going to let our great American freedoms be reduced to some global lowest common denominator. We are not going to submit American freedoms to these globalist vultures that will reduce American freedom to a hollow shell. We are not going to let that happen. We're going to fight it, and we're going to defeat it. So Wayne LaPierre, head of the NRA, is a liar. He's a shill. He's a huckster. He's a scam artist. He is a phony. He is fooling NRA members into sending them their money to protect against freedoms which are, which are not being taken away by, any, by anybody. So all the while that the NRA pretends that it's still operating under its, its initial mission from decades ago to encourage the safe use of fire weapons by hunters and families in the U.S., the not-at-all nonpartisan, non-profit group has become little more than a full-blown racket meant to fool, fool its membership into sending money to further the aims of the U.S. arms industry and to intimidate politicians into doing absolutely nothing about it. So... The NRA, rank and file, is being conned. And by the way, if you're an NRA member, I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-5735. Did you know you are being conned? But while you're being conned, NRA members, you're not necessarily stupid. 
unlike the leadership of the vast majority of NRA members, uh, you join the rest of us in the reality-based world. At least some of you do. At least the majority of you do. It's not even close, by the way. NRA membership supports many of the policies their leadership strictly opposes by huge margins. Here's some numbers from a poll. This was from just last July. It was commissioned by the Mayors Against Illegal Guns. It was a poll taken by Frank Luntz. Of, yes, that Frank Luntz of Fox News. Right-wing Republican Frank Luntz. What did they find? 74% of NRA members and 87% of non-NRA gun owners support requiring criminal background checks of anyone purchasing a gun. This is a no-brainer. 79% of NRA members. 79%. Of NRA members, 80% of non-NRA gun owners support requiring gun re- retailers to, per- to perform background checks on all employees, a measure recently endorsed by the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the trade association for the firearms industry. Of course, the NRA is now the uh, trade association for the firearms industry. 75% of NRA members believe concealed carry permits should only be granted to applicants who have not committed any violent misdemeanors, including assault. 74% of NRA members believe permits should only be granted to applicants who have completed gun safety training. 68% of NRA members believe permits should only be granted to applicants who do not have prior arrests for domestic violence. 63%, huge numbers, 63% of NRA members believe permits should only be granted to applicants who are 21 years of age or older. And the NRA rank and file also support barring people on the terror watch list from buying guns, 71% of them do, and believe that laws, uh, that the law should require gun owners to alert police to lost and stolen guns, 64%. The NRA's Washington office, of course, strongly opposes all of those measures. As Maddow said during her breaking coverage last Friday, perhaps we could begin gun legislation at the very least, agreeing to items on the edge which all Americans, including a vast majority of NRA members, agree with, even if their conmen leadership do not. Of course, there are more stringent measures that are supported by the majority of the American people overall if not necessarily the members of the NRA. Given numbers like these, this shouldn't be difficult. Many more dead Americans, uh, how many more dead Americans will it take? How many? The problem is not a lack of support for these measures among the populace. There's clearly a great deal of common ground, common ground, on which we can all move forward together with consensus as a nation, Gun owners and non-gun owners alike. If, we're, if we can't solve every single problem, at least we can begin to swing the pendulum back in the right direction. The problem, rather, is the unrestricted corporate money and propaganda that explodes in the way of progress, keeping us from even having honest discussions at all about these matters. That succeeds in not only stultifying legislators and legislation, but even in hoaxing gun owners who agree with many of these measures into believing that they don't, or that anybody who discusses these issues just wants to take their guns away. I can't tell you how many uh, of these folks, how many of these right-wingers I have heard from over the past week since the uh, tragedy in in, uh, Connecticut and the one several days before it in Portland, calling me a gun grabber, saying I want to take their guns away, 
Do they believe that? Or are they just unable to have an honest conversation about it? We're going to have one here. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. But it is for those reasons that the NRA has more blood on its hands each and every day. They are no longer your grandfather's NRA, and it's time that the rank-and-file members stood up for real, yes, American values and throw the bums out. Just get rid of the leadership or leave the organization altogether. With overwhelming consensus... Like those numbers I just gave you, if we can't even honestly discuss, much less enact, new regulations now to satisfy even the wishes of some of the most ardent gun supporters in this nation, never mind those supported by the vast majority of the nation's population as a whole, it makes one gigantic lie out of the beloved, if quickly fading notion of American exceptionalism, doesn't it? So is this a tipping point? Is it for real this time? Or are we going to forget about it all over again, as we did after Virginia Tech, as we did after Tucson, as we did after Oak Creek, Wisconsin, and as we did after Aurora, Colorado? I'd like to know. 818-985-5735. I'd like to get your opinion. I think this might be a tipping point, but we'll see. Uh, there was one indication that this very well could be on... Uh, Monday, the first day back after the weekend on uh, MSNBC, four-term conservative Republican Joe Scarborough, who now has a three-hour show each morning on MSNBC. They tell you it's a liberal uh, show, they, uh, liberal channel. They, they forgot to mention that uh, Joe Scarborough, the right-wing uh, congressman, is on for three hours every morning. He had a rather powerful speech that he came on, some remarks that he had uh, had to say on Monday. Here are a uh, a few uh, minutes from his remarks. Then we'll take a quick break and come back with your calls at 818-985-5735. Here's Joe Scarborough, Republican, former Republican congressman on MSNBC, Monday morning. Politicians can no longer be allowed to defend the status quo. They must instead be forced to defend our children. Parents can no longer take no for an answer from Washington when the topic turns to protecting our children. Though entrenched special interests are going to try to muddy the cause in the coming days. The cause of this sickening mass shooting, like the others, is no longer a mystery to common sense Americans. And blessedly, there are more common sense Americans than there are special interests even if it doesn't always seem that way. And we must not excuse total inaction by arguing that no single action can solve the problem that will save our children. You know me. I am a conservative Republican who received the NRA's highest ratings over four terms in Congress. I saw this debate over guns as a powerful, symbolic struggle between individual rights and government control. And you know what? In the years after Waco and Ruby Ridge, the symbolism of that debate seemed even more powerful to me. But last Friday, a chilling thought crossed my mind as I saw the Times Square ticker over ABC spit out news of yet another tragic shooting in yet another tortured town by yet another twisted son of that community. How could I know 
that within seconds of reading that scrolling headline that the shooter would be an isolated middle-class white male who spent his days on his computer playing violent video games. How did I know that it was far more likely that he had a mental condition than a rational motive? And how did I know the end of this story before the real reporting even began? I knew the ending of this story because we've all seen it too often. I knew that day that the ideologies of my past career were no longer relevant to the future that I want, that I demand for my children. Friday changed everything. It must change everything. We all must begin anew and demand that Washington's old way of doing business is no longer acceptable. And our Bill of Rights does not guarantee gun manufacturers the absolute right to sell military-styled, high-caliber, semi-automatic combat assault rifles with high-capacity magazines to whoever the hell they want. It is time for Congress to put children before deadly dogmas. It's time for politicians to start focusing more on protecting our schoolyards than putting together their next fundraiser. It's time for Washington to stop trying to win endless wars overseas while we're losing the war at home. Yes, and how many times must a man look up before he can see the sky? Yes, and how many ears must one man have before he can hear people cry? Yes, and how many deaths will it take till he knows that too many people have died? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Those were remarks from MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, former four-term Republican congressman who received the highest ratings from the NRA. Is this a tipping point? Indications are it could be. We finally have a statement from the NRA. We're going to take a short break and come back with that and much more, including your phone calls at 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is the Bradcast. On KPFK. KPFK would like to thank the following generous food donors from the Santa Monica Farmers Market growers and producers. Judy Fruity Farms. Thanks again, Barbara. Haas Apple Farm. Peacock Family Farm. Florabella Farms. Thanks, Don. Shaner Farm. Polito Family Farm. Flying Disc Ranch. Special shout out to Christina. Bezian's Bakery. Bernard Ranches. Munak Ranch. Thanks, Hugo. Pedro's Ranch. Finley's Organic Farms. And Fairview Gardens. And an extra special thanks to Israel Foyer. When you frequent these fine establishments, please thank them for donating to your favorite radio station, KPFK. KPFK is proud to be a media sponsor of the biggest holiday show in town. 
On Saturday, December 24th, more than 20 choirs, music ensembles, and dance companies will celebrate the season during the free L.A. County Holiday Celebration at the Music Center. Enjoy jazz, rock, gospel, mariachi, and funk, Korean dance, Mexican folklorico, ballet and modern dance, choirs, string quintets, and big bands. More details at the KPFK website, kpfk.org. Thanks to the generous financial support of listeners like you, KPFK is able to media-sponsor performances and community events like this one for all to enjoy. If you're not a member already, you can become one now. Log on to kpfk.org and click on Pledge Support. Thank you. Welcome back. This is your Bradcast on KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, is enough enough? Is this a tipping point? Are things finally changing in this country? Will we see some common sense gun laws that even gun owners can uh, support, that even gun, lo- uh, gun owners do support by huge numbers? It could be a tipping point. We'll find out. Uh, the NRA finally came out of their shell yesterday afternoon with a statement. And uh, let me read it to you right here. Uh, the National Rifle Association of America is made up of four million moms and dads, sons and daughters. And we were shocked, saddened, and heartbroken by the news of the horrific and senseless murders in Newtown. But, of course, we waited four days to even mention it. Cowards. Out of respect for the families and as a matter of common decency, we have given time for mourning, prayer, and a full investigation of the facts before commenting. Here's the important part. The NRA is prepared to offer meaningful contributions to help make sure this never happens again. Really? Meaningful contributions to help make sure this never happens again. They don't say that usually. What do they mean by it? The NRA is planning to hold a major news conference in the Washington, D.C. area on Friday, December 21st. That is, of course, the uh, the Friday before Christmas, what uh, uh, Greg Sargent of Washington Post called the ultimate Friday news dump. Nonetheless, that's where they will uh, give details on their meaningful contributions to help make sure this never happens again. What do they mean by meaningful contributions, and uh, and what should we do? These are your public airwaves. I'd like to hear from you. 818-985-5735. we got a lot of uh, phone calls uh, filling up on the lines here, so let me get to them uh, in a second. Also, uh, you can reach me on the Twitters at the Brad Blog if you'd like to get in that way. All right, let's go to, uh, who should we go to here? Uh, Greg in... Greg in Huntington Beach. Hey, Greg, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad, you there? I'm here. Are you? Yeah. Okay, what's uh, up? Just want to say I've been an NRA member for the last 20 years, but my uh, membership's about to lapse. I'm going to let it. Good. And one of the reasons, it's all the phone calls constantly, usually about dinner time. <laughs> telling me that the United Nations or Hillary Clinton is going to come and confiscate my one uh, firearm. Right. And it's this paranoia that's been going on and on and on at nauseum. And so there's something 
they fear is going to happen ahead of time. And so anyway, that's just why I've had it with them. Yeah, good. Glad to hear it, Greg. And I hope you will let them know why you're dropping your membership and why you're going to let that lapse. Uh, that's what they do. They prey on people like you, and uh, fortunately, you're smart enough to see through the nonsense. So, you know, I'm sure there are other great gun clubs out there. At least I'd like to think there are. Uh, so thanks. Uh, make sure you let uh, the NRA know why you're leaving. Appreciate your call, Greg. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank you. All right, let's go to uh, Dutch in Playa del Rey. Hey, Dutch, welcome to KPFK's broadcast. Brad, uh, again, you're always on point. Thank you so much for your show and uh, your years of good reportage. Thank you, sir. Uh, I uh, A lot of people in the L.A. Peace community know me. I worked on Dennis Kucinich's <coughs> presidential campaign. I also worked on Ralph, Nader, Ralph Nader's presidential campaign. Uh, my bona fides in that area are established, but I've also been a shooter. I was a competitive shooter from the age of 13, mm. and I'm an NRA instructor, and I've been a member for going on 30 years. Now, uh, the current t- tide is such that the Republican Party and everyone that's in any leadership of any sub-organization have radicalized, and they're selling fear at every possible turn. Mm-hmm. So they're completely off their rockers, and I agree with you on that level. Uh, on the degree of shooting trigger in an event, you know, the, the U.S. soldier that shot up a bunch of people in Afghanistan of his own accord didn't end, you know, our, didn't even change our presence there. We wipe out people with drone strikes every day, and it's a blip on the radar. Right. This is uh, emblematic, uh, symptomatic of a much larger systemic issue of fear and violence in our society. I work in television for a living. And in the TV shows that I've worked on, we do a murder an episode minimum. You're either hearing about one, investigating one, or performing one. And there's no shows about conflict resolution. So you combine that with you're not allowed to show a naked body or reproduction or even breastfeeding. So you can't. You have to be ashamed of your body. You can't. You can't learn about how life is created. You can learn about how life is taken away. Combine that with video games that have gone off the deep end with realism, first-person shooter games. Desensitizing kids. You have the parents that are increasingly scared as their money is running out. They can no longer tap their house for their last funds to keep up their lifestyle that they're supposed to have, and that reflects in the kids. These kids have nowhere to go. And Dutch, what? We defunded our mental health programs at the federal level in the 80s, and we've defunded them consistently since. Yeah, I know. I love it, Dutch. And, and your phone's breaking up a little bit, so I may have to let you go. But very quickly, I, I love when I hear from these folks saying uh, the, the problem here isn't guns; it's mental health issues. So I say to them, okay. What should we do about mental health issues? And they've got nothing to say because these are the same people who were, uh, you know, fighting against universal health care, fighting against even Obamacare. Uh, but they, all of a sudden they're concerned about mental health issues. Uh, Dutch, what should we do uh, about the problem? Let's see if your phone holds up here uh, very quickly. What do we need to do to turn the page here finally? Well, I'm on a board of Labor United for Universal Health Care as a representative of my labor local, Hollywood's lo- largest IATSC Local 44, we're, we're pushing for single-payer Canadian-style Medicare for All health care. So it's absolutely crucial. The problem is the Republican leadership does spin the minds of the simple-minded into yep. thinking that the Mexicans, the Muslims, and the liberals are out to eat their children's brains. It's the zombie apocalypse mentality. So edu- educate, agitate, and, and fight for universal health care, fight for our rights, and demand a guy like Obama no longer act like a Republican once he's elected. Sounds good to me, Dutch. I appreciate the call, sir. Uh, thank you very much. Really do appreciate your thoughts. 
three five. Uh, let's go to. Oh, did we lose Ted? What happened to Ted? Said on my call screener, he was a one hundred percent gun supporter, but he he ran away for some reason. Desi Doyen joins us here. Uh, Des, before we go back to the phones, eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. A few thoughts. I asked you to take a look at the the history of the NRA and uh, help uh, help me help the listeners understand how we got to the place where we now are. Desi Doyen, our uh, producer, and of course my co-host on the Green News Report, will have. Our usual green news report a bit later in the uh, in the broadcast here, but but what did you find when you looked into this fine mess? Well, um, as you mentioned earlier in the hour, the NRA was founded in 1971, and for the first hundred or 18, so, 1871, sorry, 1871, right? right? It was a sporting organization. It was a non-political organization for the first hundred or so years of the organization's existence. They focused on training and gun safety, and were actually in favor uh, of of actual gun control. You know, smart gun control laws, um, as that was part of their. They their didn't existence. fight every measure, every law, every common sense regulation uh, That's that right. had to do with guns. That's right. It was in 1977 uh, that the NRA changed forever. It was at the annual convention in 1977 where a group of uh, political operatives uh, that were associated with the Republican Party basically won control of the leadership and changed the bylaws and they changed the course of the organization and its focus. Forever, they focused on what at the time was a very novel interpretation of the Second Amendment. That's the idea that the Second Amendment includes an individual right to bear arms in addition to the rights of states to organize and hold a militia. And that was upheld uh, in the Heller decision by the U.S. Supreme Court that, in fact, uh, there is an individual right. And, and by the way, a lot of people think they look at the, uh, the Second Amendment, they think it, you know, there's absolute rights, uh, anything that has to do with gun legislation. Well, nonsense. I mean, the, really, the first time the U.S. Supreme Court rang in on this matter at all was four years ago. There is all kinds of ground uh, within the Second Amendment that has never been touched by the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so when you get to 1977, when this big shift in the organization changes and it gets taken over by Republican Party political operatives, you know, they then turn it into a political operation because we know that fights over rights are effective at getting out the vote. And so they focused on this idea that the Second Amendment guarantees this this reinterpretation Mm -hmm. of the Second Amendment, which, you know, had previously uh, been ridiculed, actually, in the courts. This idea that the Second Amendment provides a, an individual right to bear arms. That has been what they have lobbied on. It started with Ronald Reagan and Senator Orrin Hatch. They then uh, they, they commissioned reports that showed, oh, well, hey, we've got some long-lost evidence that shows that the founders intended this to be an individual right, not just a state militia right. And then they started funding think tanks that then produced even more academic studies claiming that this, second, this novel interpretation was actually the true and correct interpretation. And so we lost, uh, so this organization then became Came, uh, like you said, it was it was a gun a safety group. Uh, right, and now in, it's a powerful political lobbying organization period. on behalf of the small arms industry. Period. Actually, on, on behalf of the small arms industry, and uh, I would uh, argue a racket. Let me get. So I was just going to make one point that in the uh, you mentioned in the Supreme Court decision in 2008, this District of Columbia versus Heller that challenged the city of the District of Columbia, their ban on guns. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what happened in that decision, Justice Antonin Scalia, actually, according to uh, Jeffrey Tubin, the legal analyst and writer for The New Yorker, you know, he says, you know, look at this. It's basically taking what originalists claim they believe that the Constitution has, you know, this, you know, what the founding fathers wrote at the time is what they meant. And that's it. This is a reinterpretation. 
conversation, this is novel. Scalia actually had to invent a distinction between different types of arms because, of course, we didn't have modern military weapons back when the Constitution was written. So actually, Scalia had to say that um, the most popular weapon chosen by Americans for self-defense is a handgun. Therefore, we're going to only talk about handguns. It doesn't mean that they, uh, Congress can't ban other types of so weapons. So there's it, some room in Heller. Oh, in the there's, Heller there's a lot of room in there. And, uh, of course, uh, these uh, so-called constitutional originalists uh, try to get them to agree that uh, you all can have all the muskets you want and all of the gunpowder you can fit in a horn originalists give me a break uh let's uh let's go to uh, let's go back to the phones here uh cliff in cincinnati hey cliff welcome to the broadcast thanks brad how are you i'm good is this wait is this a cliff uh, that i know <laughs> ho, 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 ho. i think it is uh, can, can i say who you are cliff you absolutely can. I had to call in because you're doing such a great show, and I was going to even try to fool you for a while, but uh, you figured me out. Well, I saw Cliff in Cincinnati. This is our friend uh, Cliff Schechter, uh, who uh, who has been fighting uh, for these, uh, fight, making these points that I'm trying to make uh, this afternoon uh, for years. Uh, hey, Cliff, glad you could join us on the broadcast. What do you Thanks, think? Buddy. I had to find a way to bust in here. I saw on Twitter that, that uh, you were doing this great show, and yep. uh, I always like talking to you. Was that Desi just talking to that you? That was Desi. Hey, Dorn. Cliff. Yep. Indeed it was. Hey, look at it. In fact, what Desi was saying was, in fact, not that you, you need me to, to agree with that, but but uh, brilliant and exactly right. Thank you. Essentially, uh, <laughs> the, the the individual, that, that this was an individual right, was laughed out uh, of every of all legal circles until the Scalia court that gave us Citizens United and No Commerce Clause came along. Mm-hmm. Um, and important for people to know that uh, you, get, you get a panel of historians together, as Jill Lepore wrote about in New Yorker, and they will tell you, because I, I did actually, you know, came close to getting a PhD, except for I was too lazy to write my dissertation. Um, and, and they will tell you that, that looking back, obviously, that this was the furthest thing from an individual right. Uh, you had a weak federal government initially under the Articles of the Confederation. Uh, there were, they, you had the Shays Rebellion and others that rose up to challenge the authority of the federal government. They, they purposely created a stronger federal government, and the, the whole understanding at that time was we were not going to have a standing army because we had just gone through that with King George. So we needed to have this right so able-bodied men, and back then it was only men, uh, and you had to be a white male. So, you know, another argument for how the Second Amendment, maybe it's time to, to look back at that and say times have changed just a little bit. Um, but again, this was, this was looked at as a group right to fend off at the time, you know, Native Americans, which I don't look at as a good thing now. I'm just sharing with you what uh-huh. they were thinking. Uh, the British, the French, the Spanish, and internal rebellion. That's what it was about. It wasn't this insurrectionist view that you were going to overthrow our own government, which is what the crazy right, the militia right, the, the guys that are tied at the hip with them, uh, try to give you. And in fact, in the 19th century, again, there are numerous states, which people will be shocked to know about, Wyoming, Kentucky, Ohio, Florida, that all banned concealed carry, because concealed carry was considered to actually be a dangerous thing. We had respect for firearms. So the, what, what the NRA and the Scalia Court has tried to do, essentially since exactly uh, as Desi got right, I, I figured the irony of them calling from Cincinnati, where we had the <laughs> Cincinnati revolt, mm-hmm. um, you know, was they've, they've completely given us a new interpretation that never existed in the history of this country. And, 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 I, and I think people don't understand that. I think that people who have grown up under the uh, under the new NRA and under this notion, you know, you heard Joe Scarborough, I played some of that tape, you know, talking about Ruby Ridge and the Clinton uh, era when, uh, you know, they popularized this idea that the government is coming to take away your guns. I don't think a lot of people realize that's a relatively new interpretation of the Second Amendment. 
That's exactly right. I mean, I mean, George H.W. Bush resigned from the NRA when they got so radical in the mid '90s mm-hmm. that they, they that Wayne Lapierre came out with the jackbooted thug right. comment about the ATF, and they actually accused President Clinton of murder and said he was responsible <laughs> for Oklahoma City and these other things. Yeah. Meanwhile, Timothy McVeigh was a guy that sold guns at these unregulated gun shows to support his terrorism. Was a member of the NRA and shared their very same ideology. Of so, course. Cliff, let me run here only because I've got a whole bunch of callers that I want to get in. Uh, but uh, Cliff Schechter, uh, check it. he's the author of The Real McCain, by the way. Uh, you don't need to promote No, me. I want I to. Uh, since you called in. I enjoy it and say I love you guys, and I'm glad you're doing that. And the Cliff re- has an amazing Twitter feed. you got to follow it. Which is what? It's just Cliff Schechter, it's, isn't it? It's at Cliff Schechter, yeah. At Cliff Schechter. Cliff, great to talk to you. We're going to talk to you more at length uh, in a future show. But I uh, really appreciate you checking in, my friend, and keep up the good fight. You guys keep up the great work. Thanks for doing the show. Thank you, brother. Uh, our friend uh, Cliff Schechter, good to hear from him. Let's uh, let's go to Barbara in Gardena. Barbara, welcome to the broadcast. Okay, I'm uh, just the opposite of what your last caller just said. Good. I don't. I do not think that the founders would have spent any time uh, in the first uh, ten amendments, the Bill of Rights, establishing a right for a militia. Those rights or rights that are guaranteed to individuals. The wording, uh, a well-founded militia mm-hmm. is like, um, as far as I can remember, it's a well-founded. Well regulated. A well-founded, wait a minute, a well-founded militia being a, in, uh, not written, a necessary evil. The right of the people to uh, bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah, actually, it's not well-founded. It's well-regulated militia. Okay, well do, Margaret, regulated. do you have any problem with uh, with regulations, well-regulating? Uh, a well-regulated uh, militia right. being a necessary evil. <clears throat> no, it doesn't being necessary, that. Barbara, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the okay. people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The right of the people, right. the individuals. Right. To bear arms. Okay, very quickly, since I'm short on time, Barbara, do you have any problem with uh, closing the, uh, the 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 background check loophole at uh, at gun shows? There are some of the things that you read that I wouldn't have any problem. Uh, would would problem. you have any problem with, with others, that? Uh, others, definitely. H- hang on, Barbara. For, for Barbara. the reason. Barbara. For the reason. Wait a minute. Let I, me just say I, this. For the ahead. reason yeah. that once the wolf gets its foot in the door, uh-huh. it's open. The, all the way. Really? So let me ask you this before I let you go. Uh, you're against the uh, the laws that uh, don't allow children to buy firearms, right? Because that's the wolf in the door? Now, don't be absurd. Okay. Thanks, Barbara. I appreciate your thoughts. Uh, yeah, that's the wolf in the door. Uh, if you're making regulations that children can't, uh, that can't, they can't buy guns, uh, then it's the wolf in the door when you, uh, you know, are opposed to uh, background checks at gun shows. The same background checks you'd have to face if you bought a gun at a regular licensed dealer. It's absurd. What about the high capacity magazine? The high ca- I didn't get to ask her about 30 that. Thirty bullets in a cap in an extended clip <clears throat> magazine. Uh, that somehow the wolf is that the wolf That's in the door? The wolf I don't at know. The door. I mean, if you depends. stop that, even though we had that same wolf, by the way, for about ten years uh, under the assault weapons ban, uh, and and the wolf didn't get in the door. Apparently now. It's the wolf at the door. Let me let me uh, get to some calls. Did you have a th- real quick? Oh, well, just that you know, yeah. we know from other countries' policies, we can study what happens in other countries. We have data and evidence that we can make an intelligent, common sense, pragmatic approach to prevent preventable mass murder. Let's go to uh, Daphne in Los Angeles. Hey, Daphne, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, Daphne. 
Oh, we lost Daphne. Uh, let's go to Lauren in uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, Lauren, welcome to KPFK. Hi, uh, thank you. Um, I wanted to pre- let you know that I appreciate uh, having show on gun control. Definitely um, an important topic. But um, I know that in in the past thirty years, we've had fifty-two uh, mass shootings. Eighty percent of those guns were actually obtained legally. But most of those students had known mental illness uh, prior to the shooting where people who were close to them or even authorities knew that the people were unstable. And I don't hear any discussion at all about what opportunities there are for people dealing with mental illness. The first thing that Governor Schwarzenegger did when he took office was slash the budget for at-risk youth counseling. And the budget for regional center has been slashed just about every two years. Yeah. And we are fewer and fewer options. Parents with children that they might even be afraid of themselves have nowhere to turn. The paperwork uh, to get help has become uh, so enormous to uh, make a very formidable obstacle for people who sincerely need help for conditions where they, they see a child that has potential to go to the right or to the left, yeah. but they don't have the help they need to help them make those right choices. Uh, no, they don't, Lauren. I appreciate your call, and uh, it's all part of it. I, what, you know, what drives me crazy is when I hear these uh, right-wingers saying, uh, you know, you need to address the mental health issues. Well, A, they have no plans on how to address them. Um, but B, this isn't either or. There are a lot of issues that need to be discussed. And just because we've got, uh, you know, a mental health crisis to deal with over here doesn't mean we can't deal with the gun issue over there. Let me take one quick, one more quick call and then we'll get to our, uh, our green news report here. A Raj in Culver City. Welcome to the broadcast. Oh, Raj, do I have him at the wrong? Okay. Hey, let me try that again. Yeah, yeah. There we Hello. go. Hey, Raj. Yeah. What's up? I'm here. Okay, good. Okay, in uh, two arguments, you know, that uh, militia has to fight the government if government becomes a dictator or something. Uh, you cannot fight the, with the machine guns, uh, government which has a nuclear bomb. Right. Uh, that's what happened in Waco, Texas in the 90s. Remember that cult? Well, what did they fight for? And the other point is uh, guns don't kill people, right? Uh, neither do nuclear weapons don't kill people. Uh, people who use them only kill people. You know. So if you let all the countries have nuclear weapons. Why why you're going against uh, no not arming with them with nuclear weapons? I, you know what? I, when I when I hear these uh, people say guns don't, uh, particularly libertarians, when I hear them say guns don't kill people, people do. I say okay. Yeah, then I guess I, I guess you're. Weapons is the same I, argument. I know. I guess you're. In, I, I guess you're, they're in favor of drones as well because hey, drones don't kill people. Same uh, idea. Point. Yeah, go. Brad, uh, the. You know, this kid uh, who did this uh, mad kid, um, he was taken to the gun range by his mother when she was doing the practicing. Mm-hmm. Just like the kids cannot see the movies for rated R, they shouldn't be allowed to go to gun range till they are 18. Good uh, good point, interesting point, and uh, I, I suspect we're going to have a lot more of these discussions. I'm glad we can have them. I'm glad we can talk about them, because if it was uh, up to the NRA, we wouldn't even be discussing these issues. And I tell you, I, I, we have to ban this NRA, a terrorist organization. Yeah, I... I they hold the country hostage 
for their stupid demand, just like a terrorist does. So it's the same as a terrorist. I agree, Raj. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate it. Uh, I wish we had more time to talk about it, but we got to get, uh, you got uh, Desi's theme song it's here? There we go. easy being green. There you go. We have we can't have you without your official theme song. It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary yeah. doesn't even seem right. Okay, let's get to our... Uh, that's, uh, of course, the theme song for Desi Doyen. Now it's official. Now you're here. And the Green News Report. <laughs> you're going to cheer us up with the Green News Report? There's some good news at the end. Okay, we'll have to wait that long. Uh, today's Green News Report. Bring it, G. Here we are. We're into December and November. We didn't, you know, get maybe half an inch. Midwest drought now threatens winter wheat. You sign this lease, it gives us the right to drill on your land. A whole lot of money down there. The fracking industry goes after Matt Damon. <laughs> Climate change denial industry steps on cartoon rake again. End times for the Colorado River, plus some good news for a change. The seconds it takes to lift a weight creates enough energy for half an hour of light whenever it's needed. A new light powered by gravity. All of that and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. There is a connection to these extreme weather events that we've been seeing. They are, uh, in fact, a product of global warming. What do you know, NASA scientist? <laughs> you tell them, John, this is your Green News Report. Okay, Des, happy to welcome aboard our newest affiliate partner, TuneIn Radio. Now carries the Green News Report. So if you have a mobile device and who doesn't, just grab the TuneIn app and you can listen to the Green News Report at your convenience. Oh, welcome aboard, TuneIn. Great to have you. Now it's been a tough couple of days, Des, so I never thought I'd turn to the Green News Report for good news. <laughs> You got any for us today? Um, well, we'll have some good news oh, in a moment. Boy, that's uh, what I'm afraid of. But first, the record persistent drought still gripping the Midwest has farmers worried that they may lose their winter wheat crop this year. Half of our annual rainfall will come in, you know, November, December, January, February. Well, here we are. We're into December and. November, we didn't, you know, get maybe half an inch. That was Jay Wilder, a farmer in Texas. And now the drought is sparking water wars in the Midwest. The Mississippi River is set to reach historic lows in the next few weeks. With billions of dollars at stake on the Midwest's main shipping corridor, the shipping industry has asked the Army Corps of Engineers to release more water from dams on the Missouri River to float their barges on the Mississippi. But drought-stricken farmers and ranchers on the Missouri River are fighting it, saying they need that water. Water for their crops, their livestock, and their families. Let the water wars begin. The Army Corps is now blasting rocks and dredging to deepen Mississippi shipping channels. And, of course, remember, this is the opposite extreme from just 18 months ago when historic flooding on the Mississippi and the Missouri rivers forced thousands of people to evacuate. Drought is also impacting the Colorado River, the primary source of water for seven states in the West. A new Interior Department study warns that water flows are already reduced on the Colorado River after 12 years of persistent drought. But even worse, the study projects that the Colorado will not be able to deliver enough water for the region's growing population over the next 50 years due to climate change already changing weather patterns. The climate change denial industry steps on the cartoon rake again. 
and attempts to hijack the latest U.N. report on global warming using selectively leaked passages has backfired. A denier named Alec Rawls, who signed up to review the next report, leaked portions of the unfinished draft text and says that one passage on sunspots destroys the whole of climate science, except it turns out that the passage actually says the exact opposite and actually confirms yet again that climate change is human cause and actually quite dangerous. <laughs> There they go again. The natural gas fracking industry is going after actors Matt Damon and John Krasinski for their new film, Promised Land. You sign this lease, it gives us the right to drill on your land. A whole lot of money down there. That is true. How much you think? There's no reason your town shouldn't have a state-of-the-art high school. What kind of money are you talking about? You could be a millionaire. Fracking is the controversial natural gas drilling technique that's been linked to groundwater contamination and earthquakes. The film fictionalizes the impact of fracking on farming communities across the U.S. right now. So the fracking industry front group Energy In-Depth has launched a preemptive PR campaign before the film's release at the end of this month, attacking Damon and his co-star John Krasinski on their public appearances and also distributing a cheat sheet of pro-fracking talking points to journalists. <laughs> Finally, two London designers have invented a radical new light that is powered by gravity. The gravity light works like old-fashioned clocks using weights, uses no fuel, and it's designed for people in poor countries so they don't have to use expensive, dangerous kerosene lamps. As the designer describes it, We have created a lamp which will cost villagers less than $10 to buy with no running costs. Our new light is powered by gravity. The seconds it takes to lift a weight creates enough energy for half an hour of light whenever it's needed. It has no batteries to run out, replace, or dispose of. Very cool. What makes you think only poor nations would be interested in that? I know. It's a really neat invention. They're trying to raise money on Indiegogo.com in order to scale up production of the gravity light and be able to begin distributing it to African villages. For more on that story and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Remember, you can download us anytime via iTunes, listen to us on your mobile device via Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio. Find us and like us on the Facebook and follow us 24-7 on the Twitters at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. But if that light's under a bushel, it's lost something kind of crucial. You gotta stay right to be the light of the world. My thanks to producer Desi Doyen, uh, associate, super-duper associate producer Margo Paez, our uh, engineer today, G, and, of course, stay tuned for John Wiener and the 4 o'clock report. My also, uh, my thanks to Cliff Schechter, our friend, for checking in with us. And uh, Victor Rocco mentions on the Twitters that every other country has violent video games. Seems like the problem is the U.S. can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. Sounds about right. Uh, touch base with me on the Twitters at the Brad Blog. We'll be back same Brad time, same Brad station next week. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman, and we'll see you at bradblog.com. Good night, America.